going to go back to throw the ball. Sets up, looks, throws toward the corner of the end zone. And he's Welcome to the Duck Pod. I'm Ryan Thorburn, joined by Austin Meek, and we're getting ready for Oregon's annual Civil War battle with Oregon State on Saturday at Autzen. Uh, the Ducks coming off uh, a nice win over the Wildcats. Uh, Justin Herbert returned, and fittingly, we have uh, a great guest this week, Brett McMurphy, a national college football writer. And Brett was actually the first to confirm that Justin Herbert was back um, from his fractured collarbone, and um, Brett joins us this week. Brett, how are you doing? Great. Good uh, Good to talk to you guys. So I, I guess um, I'll start with uh, kind of you had a report on Jim Levitt last week and that Kansas State was uh, maybe interested in him being their coach and waiting. He ended up at Oregon as the defensive coordinator. He's doing a really good job for the Ducks. Um, what's kind of your whole take on, on Levitt's you know, kind of desire to be Kansas State's head coach and, and Snyder still hanging on there in Manhattan, um, obviously a legend for the for the Wildcats. Yeah, well, as you guys know, um, Jim Levitt has head coaching experience. He, he coached at uh, South Florida oh, for nearly, nearly 20 years. Um, and um, he was at Kansas State with Bob Stoops as co-defensive coordinator. And it's no secret that Bill Snyder wants his son Sean to be the head coach when he retires. He, he had told me that back in 2015. He said it on multiple occasions. Well, I had found out that basically um, last December that Kansas State's officials, including the university president and their high-profile boosters, <clears throat> basically had agreed that they wanted Jim Levitt to be Kansas State's coach-in-waiting and take over for Bill Snyder after the 2017 season. They did, however, have to get approval from Bill Snyder, who actually has a stipulation in his contract that he has a say on who will be the next coach when he retires. So they approached uh, Bill Snyder about that, and he basically said that he was not in favor of that. And so they were going to go back at him a second time and try to convince him uh, that, that this would be the best thing for the program. But in, in the meanwhile, it became, uh, they found out that Bill Snyder had throat cancer. And so at that time, Kansas State basically decided to drop that because they didn't think it would look right and didn't think it was fair to make it look like they were trying to um, force out, if you will, somebody that, that was undergoing cancer. So they kind of dropped it at that point. So basically in the, at the approximately the same time, that's when um, Jim was talking to Oregon about the defensive coordinator position. He also was talking about potentially going to Ole Miss. Um, he ulti- ultimately decided on Oregon, obviously. And then, as you guys are well aware, I, you guys probably were the first to have the, the copy of his contract where he had the clause that if he went to Kansas State as a head football coach, <clears throat> excuse me, that he would not have to pay a buyout to Oregon. I think the reason that Kansas State approached Levitt about replacing Snyder is because they they don't 
other than Bill Snyder, there aren't a lot of people in Manhattan that want Sean Snyder to replace his father. Whether that's fair or not, you know, we can let the Kansas State folks debate. But basically, they thought the best, um, you know, scenario kind of alternative would be to get somebody from the Snyder coaching tree. And obviously, that is Jim Levitt. And ironically, they had approached Jim Levitt back in, I think it was 2005 or seven. I can't remember. I was covering USF at the time. And they wanted Levitt to replace Snyder the first time Snyder retired, but they wanted Levitt to give them an answer two games before the regular season was over. Well, at that time, USF was actually in contention to play in a BCS Bowl, and he told them he would not talk to him until after the season was over. For whatever reason, they couldn't wait, and so they hired Ron Prince. And as, as you can say, the rest is history. So I think it turned out great for Oregon because they've obviously done a uh, you know an improved job defensively this year. And then the, the, the question, and I don't have this answer, and I don't think anybody has this answer, is when Bill Snyder does retire, whether it's after this year, next year, five years from now, how much input will Kansas State allow him to have on naming his replacement? Yeah. Well, Brett, before I moved out here a few years ago to Eugene, I um, I covered K-State um, for a paper in Topeka, Kansas. So this is kind of a trip down memory lane for me. It's uh, You're well aware of all this. Yeah, and, and endlessly fascinating to try to uh, figure out what's going to happen there when, when Snyder retires. But, you know, from the Levitt angle, um, he's obviously done a, a, a good job at Oregon, um, has, has kind of rebuilt his career after getting fired at South Florida. Do you think it's a matter of time before he gets a head coaching job, whether that's Kansas State or or somewhere else? And you know what what's sort of the perception of him uh, around the industry? He does have some baggage, as, as you're well aware of, from his time at South Florida. Could that be a, a stumbling block for him, or or do you think he's moved past that and that it's it's a matter of time before he'll get a chance to be a head coach? I I think he's moved past that. I think Kansas State would be the best opportunity because. He's had a desire to coach there. I think he's always wanted to go back and coach there. I, I think the um, how do I phrase this? I don't think maybe some of the things that are working against him, um, again from an athletic director's viewpoint. I think more the biggest issue is his age. He's sixty, and I don't think that's old by by any means. But I think ads now, you know whether uh, it's right or wrong, but they're going for younger younger head coaches, uh, maybe less experienced younger head coaches. And another thing that I've, I've, I've talked to other people about, not specifically about Jim, but he's he's known as a defensive coach. Um, and I think the trend now is to go hire the hot offensive guru. Um, certainly Oregon went after after Willie Taggart, and, and you know, you're seeing the job that he's done uh, in his first year. But I think, you know, you look around the country at some of these openings, you know, specifically in the SEC and other Power Five leagues, and the names you hear, um, you know, somebody close to your your guy's uh, heart, Chip Kelly, the name, the most notable names you hear are these offensive guys. So I think that's the biggest challenge for Jim and also somebody like a Greg Schiano or maybe Charlie Strong if, if he opts to, to leave South Florida is it's really – I think going to be tough for these defensive minded coaches 
to get a to get a shot like an offensive coach unless you you're locked in with a hot shot offensive coordinator and you say hey this is going to be my guy he's going to run the offense and I think that's part of the reason uh, that Les Miles has not gotten back in the game because he's basically known more not necessarily defensively but just kind of not as advanced offensively and so I think that would be the biggest challenge um, for Jim but I I do think if if Whenever Bill Snyder retires, I think that Jim Levitt would have to be at the top of that list, and I don't see why he wouldn't consider it. I think he'd be a I think he'd be a great hire for there. The question is, does does Kansas State just decide to go outside the Snyder coaching tree and go in a totally different direction? Well, to your point, Brett. Obviously, Willie is a, a young coach, an offensive coach, um, and that's why he was on Oregon's radar. And so far, it's worked out. Uh, pretty well. Uh, they're five and one when Justin Herbert's healthy and scoring about 50 points a game. Um, but there is always this time of year the, the rumors that um, Willie is uh, stiff arm, but he is a Florida guy, and there is a prominent opening in Florida, and pretty much half of the SEC is going to be open. Do you think yeah, Willie's really. going to see this rebuilding process through at Oregon and, and stick with? Um, what he's got going on here, or is there a chance he could be lured home or closer to home? Yeah, I, I, I do think he will. I think, again, I, I'm not sure when this this podcast will air. I mean, by then, Chip Kelly may have already accepted two different jobs by then, so mm-hmm. <laughs> hopefully we're not outdated. Um, <clears throat> I do think what's fascinating is if Willie was still at USF right now, if he didn't get the Oregon job or – um, Oregon went a different direction, or 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 kept um, kept Halfridge another year. I think it would be fascinating to see how the the search would be going for Florida right now, because it would almost be like a play in game between <laughs> Scott Frost and Willie Taggart this week um, for the Florida job. I do I do think that because of his his background. Um, and ties to the state of Florida, that he's going to get, you know, inquiries from from this part of the country. You know, I guess the, the flip side is if if um, and like you mentioned, it, I think it's pretty simple with Oregon's success just this year with with Justin at quarterback, five and one, fifty points a game with Adam one and four, fifteen points a game. Um, as long as as long as you guys have success, there's going to be interest from other programs. That's that's just the way that way of the world but i think i don't i certainly have gotten have not gotten any any indications from those that are close to willie and i have not talked to him specific specifically about this but i have not got any indication that he's trying to get out of oregon or trying to leave or he's not happy there um but certainly with the success that he has like any other coach you're going to hear from other people um and he obviously has the ties to the state of florida and then um, I, I saw some kind of, uh, I don't really know if it was really a report or more speculation, but I'm sure you guys were having to react to it about something going on with Ole Miss and and, mm-hmm. and Willie. And, I, and I'm not sure what to read with that report. It was They admitted that it was an inaccurate report or it wasn't edited thoroughly. or So I don't know what happened there. I do know that Willie's got... Um, worked with Ross Bjork at Western Kentucky, so maybe that's where the speculation began. But um, you know, I'm sure people will make a, make runs at him. From but from all indications I have, he's not he's not trying to get out of there. And 
Um, he's happy there and obviously wants to, to build Oregon back to, to how it was and, and get to a national title game. You brought up a couple names of interest to Oregon fans, Scott Frost and Chip Kelly, both of them. Uh, featured prominently in the coaching carousel rumors um, with the UCLA job opening up yesterday. That's one more potential landing spot for one of those guys. Already a lot of smoke about that potentially being a fit for, for Chip. Where do you see those two guys coaching uh, next season? You know, it's funny because um, I'm sure like you guys, when when you're chasing coaching rumors, you want you talk to people you trust. You talk to people that are reliable, accurate, that just don't spew nonsense but actually have knowledge of what's going on in in the different uh different situations well i've talked to those people about both those individuals and i've heard total 180 opinions or facts you know based on what they're saying on both those guys i've heard that that scott is a lock to nebraska i've heard that he's not going to nebraska that you know if he he may actually stay at UCF another year. Um, I've heard he he told Florida he wanted to wait until the conference championship game was over, and then I heard no, he would talk to Florida ahead of time. Then that's why they moved on to Chip. I've heard that Chips, you know, for a week, if if you talk to the Florida fan base, that Chip supposedly has been a done deal to Florida for a week. Well, I, I know you know I'm based in Tampa, he was a done deal to the Tampa Bay Bucks too, and mm, yeah. and that didn't work out. So uh, to be honest. I, I don't. I have no idea because I'm hearing both sides on on both of these guys. One thing that I that I have heard, and I'll ask you know, I know you're interviewing me, but I'll, I'll ask you this real quickly. Something that I'd heard about Scott is that when he was at Oregon, he actually had opportunities to become a head coach and basically turn them down to remain at Oregon. Um, I was wondering if one, if that's accurate, and if it is, I think that would lend more credence to the fact that maybe he stays at UCF another year if he doesn't get the job he wants. Yeah, from what I remember, Boise State um, was very interested in Scott Frost uh, after Peterson left, and I know that uh, Colorado State, um, when they had an opening, that he talked to Sonny Lubick about the job and decided, you know, that wasn't the best, uh, you know, uh, group of five job for him. So he definitely had inquiries from um group of five, really good group of five programs and was not interested until that Central Florida job came open. So uh, I think he is really choosy and so far very smart about where he goes. And and I do also think that when he was a player at Lincoln, he didn't really enjoy the, the fishbowl that he was in there. And obviously following right. up Tommy Frazier was, was not easy. Um, so I just wonder if he wants to get back in that same fishbowl or not. But uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, Nebraska would probably love to have um, not only a name from their past back, but a guy that is running Chip Kelly's offense. That would probably be a home run on from their side of the ledger. Yeah, no question. And the, the thing in what you said, it you know, jives kind of with what I heard. but And also kind of, I think, looking at Scott a little bit closer, you know, these guys are going to make the money wherever they go. I mean, you were, you were talking about Willie earlier. Would would he leave? I mean, wherever these coaches go, the money is not identical, but they're going to make money wherever they go. So I think maybe more now than ever, maybe than a big difference from maybe 10, 15 years ago, is guys, I think, used to jump to jobs because of the money. Now the money is pretty close. 
So I think now it's more of a personal preference. So I think what you said about Scott um, makes a lot of sense, especially because I've heard that that he may not have a desire to go back to Nebraska for those reasons. And also, I would argue that that is, pro- as far as the Power 5 jobs, I would argue that's the toughest Power 5 job to recruit to because you don't have a state recruiting base and you're having to recruit nationally to, quite frankly, a part of the country that's not the most uh, warming and environment temperature-wise um, in the winter. Yeah, that's a good segue there because the other argument would be that maybe Oregon State is the toughest five yeah, uh, that's, yeah. job. Uh, Mike Riley could probably answer that question one way or the other. Um, have you heard anything about the Beavers and any coaches that might be on their radar? I have not. I know that uh, there was a, a report, I guess, yesterday um, that, Je- that Jed Fish had been contacted for the Oregon State job. I've talked to multiple sources uh, this morning and basically said that report is 100% inaccurate. Nobody at Oregon State or involved with the search has contacted him about the job. Uh, I think they want a somebody that's been a head coach. Um, whether they're going to be able to get that, I don't know. And, and you're right, absolutely. Or <clears throat> I would put Oregon State against Nebraska's is a tougher job. I guess I was looking more at a prominent national program mm-hmm. um, as far as contending contenders for a national title. Uh, that you know, I don't. I, you know, where do they go? Um, you know, Scott Barnes was was at Pitt um, before. Um, you know, Bronco, Bronco Mendenhall has come out and said he has he will not be going to to Oregon State. Um, you know, that that's kind of going to be a tough job. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, I know you didn't mention this, but staying in the Pac-12 conference, you know, I, I'll uh, obviously keep an eye and see if uh, is Mike Leach finally make the move out of out of Pullman. Um, like you mentioned, literally half of the SEC is going to have openings. And I think he could be a real candidate at one of those spots. So, um, you know, besides Oregon State, UCLA, do we possibly see a change in the Pac-12 at Washington State? And then also um, Todd Graham. There's some questions about will he return? I've heard Kevin Sumlin being named as a as a possible replacement at Arizona State. When and I think Kevin Sumlin probably is going to get probably going to get let go after his final game with the Aggies. So you know, as far as, as the Pac-12, um, you know, I, I think we're going to not ne- not necessarily as many as the SEC percentage-wise, but I think we could see a lot of movement in the Pac-12. I do think, though, one guy that was on the hot seat is is seems safe, uh, and that's Rich Rod. And you know, obviously, as you guys know, uh, although you stopped him, Khalil Tate has had a big part to do with that. Yeah. Well, lots of rumors out there right now. Um... We'll uh, get it sorted out eventually. Brett, thank you for joining us and uh, sharing your insight. Have a great Thanksgiving, and we'll talk to you again down the road. Okay. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it.